news, sports, AccuWeather, and more. Wake up with the information you need on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. We thank Rob Satter, our fabulous producer, has taken good care of us since I last saw him on Tuesday. Made sure everything went smoothly yesterday. Thank Allie Stevens for filling in as well at the anchor desk during WKOK Sunrise. In the studio with us now, we have two guests that have been very busy lately with their outreach, social media, visiting with folks, national night outs, you name it, taking road safety, traffic safety, drive safety, student and pedestrian and bike safety and bus safety now out into the community to make sure that it's brought up and talked about and folks are reminded. And we know that these reminders work. When you when you bring this up and talk about it and uh, put it top of the mind again, it definitely helps uh, reduce the number of incidents and accidents and it just increases safety and well-being on the road. Mike Deal is back. He's a community traffic safety coordinator with the Highway Safety Network in Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Pull that mic up just a little bit closer, if if you would there, please. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Perfect. There we go. Okay. We could just barely hear you the first time. And Kimberly Smith is back, and she is a safety press officer with PennDOT District 3.0, based out of Montoursville. But if you have been anywhere lately, the National Night Outs, as I mentioned, the Senior Center, she's, you've seen her, and plus a mic out and about. So welcome aboard. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming in. I just think this is so important that all this is brought up and talked about and that we remind folks. So let's uh, start out uh, as we do back-to-school conversations. Mm -hmm. What are the modes of transportation we're going to be advising folks about? Right. So any way, any method that you use to get to school, so whether your students are walkers or they ride the bus or they ride their bike uh, and during the nice weather or if you drive them or if you have teen drivers. So basically any method that you get to school. And Mike, where have you been? Maybe some places where Kim was also present. Uh, where have you been lately spreading the message, and how have you been doing that? Recently, we were at uh, Snyder County's Night Out, and we were also over in Bloomsburg doing a presentation for their Rotary Club. Um, kind of any place that'll take us, we'll come in and talk to them. Right. We see at senior centers, of course, you're pushing this on social media, making sure that uh, the people who follow your social media are doing this, and, and you're talking about schools. Will you go in schools occasionally and talk to students? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is actually tends to be our busiest time of year because when the schools start to open back up, a lot of us, a lot of them, invite us in to do school bus safety programs and to do sit back at elementary programs where we cover school bus pedestrian safety and safety in the car. All right, and Kim, of course, uh, I think uh, I keep saying bus, 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 and asking Mike about that, but you're going to talk about walking, biking, driving, and busing. I guess those are the four modes, right? Right, right. Other than maybe just waking up in school, so I guess that, that, that <laughs> doesn't, nobody does that. Okay, so, well, let's talk about that. Let's uh, start at the beginning. Uh, let's start out for motorists who are, normal motorists who are out on the road that may or may not be associated with school. Right, so you get used to your morning drive and all summer long, and, and even into last year when we had less schools opened up in person, you weren't really encountering buses a lot. So it's important to remember that this is the time of year that we're going to start to see buses. We're going to start to see more children out and about 
about early in the morning on their walk to school or riding their bike to school. So we want you to pay attention. We want you to avoid your distractions, watch your speed, and just be on the general lookout for children. And have you been talking a lot about distractions, this idea, and not just the phone, but the music and the dashboards on cars that are just crazy these days? Yeah, absolutely. Distraction's a big one that we discuss in pretty much all of our programs because it's something that we all do, sometimes without even realizing that we're doing it. Well, and you're doing it in a modern car. You're doing it just as part of driving. You know, it used to be an add-on if you were touching your phone or something, but now if you're adjusting the radio, that's three or four buttons half the time or, um, you know, setting something or determining something or adjusting the air temperature, whatever. All of that can be very distracting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anytime that you take your hands off the wheel, your eyes off the road, or your focus off the road is a distraction. So anytime you touch a button in the car where you had to take your hand off the wheel, you're distracting yourself while you're driving. And Kimberly, you guys say if you're going 60 miles an hour and you take your eye off the road for X number of moments, you've traveled like 20 miles or something. <laughs> Not quite <laughs> Not that Not quite far. 20 miles, but yes. Yeah. So the average text takes about 4.6 seconds to read. And if you're looking down at your phone during that time and you're traveling 55 miles per hour, you want the length of a football field without looking at the road. And at that point, you know, any child or dog or another car could pull out in front of you. And so it's really important that even if you're just going to look down quick at your phone, that's dangerous. So we want you to always avoid your distractions and ignore your cell phone Turn it off if you have to when you're driving. If, it, if you can't ignore that ding of a cell phone uh, message, then turn your phone off. Well, I know some folks have a car that will nudge you back on the road if you start to get too close to the white line, or the yellow line for that matter. Uh, and and the, there's another add-on people say might say, well, okay, the car will nudge me back on if I start to drift off while I'm looking at this text or worse yet, replying to this text. So is that considered another challenge in your field, this idea that cars can... It is. I mean, those themselves. are great safety features. My car has it, and I and I love that feature. If you're being nudged back quite often, that's a sign that you are distracted and that you should be paying more attention. But the cars, most of the cars, uh, aren't going to nudge you if there's a pedestrian along the roadway. So if there's a child waiting for the school bus on the side of the road and you're getting too close to that edge, that's really dangerous. But cars are coming up with pedestrian and safety features that can help in these kinds of situations. Yeah, there's a lot of features that are coming out that are designed to protect everybody around the road, which is fantastic. But ultimately, it doesn't matter how much technology we put in the cars, it comes down to the motorist and how much attention they're actually paying to the road. All right. Yeah, I know some detect side uh, side coming traffic or incoming traffic or things along that line. They uh, beep like crazy if you're going to back into a pole or something along that line. So that that's very healthy. Okay, so that's back to school safety, really primarily for motorists, just general motorists. And uh, if you're near a school zone, is there kind of a layered on thing for folks that have to do, Kim? Right. Yeah. So if you are near a school zone, you don't want to double park. It can block the visibility uh, for other children and for the vehicles to see other children crossing the street. 
If you can, avoid it. Don't load or unload children across the street from the school. Try to unload them on the same side of the street to avoid them having to cross in traffic. And carpool to reduce the number of vehicles at the school. We all know that schools can get quite hectic in the morning. You have a lot of cars pulling in, a lot of things going on. And if you can carpool with your neighbors, it just helps alleviate some of that tr- that congestion. All right. And uh, I guess the same question to you, this idea if you're in a school zone, that's like hypervigilance time. At the same time, parents may be thinking, okay, I want to focus on getting to work or getting going or getting back to the house or whatever. Right. Um, When you're in a school zone like that, that's where a good majority of your kids are going to be populated at one time. Everybody's getting there. Everybody's unloading their cars. It's important that when you pull up to those places, you follow all those rules that Kim was just talking about. But stay focused on getting your child out of the vehicle and into the school safely. Stay focused on making sure that no other child is near your car before you pull away. I drop my kids off at school and it's like do a triple check around my truck before I pull away from the curb. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, especially with the truck, you got reduced visibility. So that's a, that's a factor. You really got to be careful. All right. So those are our tips. Now, what if you are walking? If you are one of the many walkers, what might be some walking tips, Mike? Uh, some of the things we want to tell people if you're out walking as a pedestrian is wear bright colored clothing or reflective clothing when you're walking. Our roads are black and gray, and if we're wearing black clothing, it makes it very difficult to see you. But if you're wearing bright colors, you're going to stand out against that road, and that's what we want. We want people to see us. Make sure to walk against traffic. You would think that would be the opposite way. You'd want to walk with traffic, but as a walker, you want to walk against traffic because you want to be able to see those cars coming to you. You want to be able to see the driver of that vehicle and make sure that they're paying attention. Um, Same thing with crossing the street. If you're going to cross the street, you want to be able to see the drivers of those cars. Utilize your crosswalks. Don't cross the street mid-block. And when you're looking at that driver before you cross the street, make sure that that driver is paying attention to you. You want to make sure that you're making eye contact with the motorist to make sure that they see you before you step off the curb. And use your sidewalks wherever you're at. If you have a sidewalk available, utilize it. I don't know. Kids like to walk in the grass. This is going to be a t- t- <laughs> so they can take a, a longer route to uh, to school. But uh, a lot of this really for motorists and for pedestrians is just be aware of your safety. Uh, this eye contact thing, making sure that a driver sees you, that's important so that you get that eye contact on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we want to make sure that the drivers are paying attention to us because if we're looking while we're walking and we see a driver looking down at their phone or looking at their radio, we know that they can't see us at all. They're not paying attention to us. And Kimberly, have motorists gotten the message about pedestrian safety at crosswalks? I certainly hope so. The reason why we want pedestrians to cross at a crosswalk is because there's a lot more visibility there. We don't allow cars to park right at the corners of our crosswalks. And so just that sight distance alone makes it safer for the pedestrian to cross. They can see traffic coming better, and also the motorists can see the pedestrians because they're not hidden behind a parked car. So that is the important reason why we want you to use a crosswalk. When you're at a crosswalk and it's signalized, it has a traffic signal, the pedestrian must obey that 
traffic signal. So if you have the red hand, do not cross, do not walk, then you have to obey that too. And that's one of the things that we see people get impatient and they want to just go. They don't see a car coming, they want to go, but you never know when a car is going to turn in from a side street or something like that halfway through your walk across the street. So obey those traffic signals as well. All right. So make sure you just give your full attention to driving. I remember Rick Mason taught me that 30 short years ago and I've never forgotten it. So good guy. Yeah, that's uh, sound, sound information. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we will still talk to Mike Deal, Community Traffic Safety Coordinator with the Highway Safety Network, and Kimberly Smith, Kim Smith, Safety Press Officer, Pendant at uh, the Department of Transportation office up in Montoursville, so she works for District 3.0. We kind of covered normal cars out there driving and pedestrians, especially kids walking to school and maybe their parents if that's the right age. On the air at News Radio 1070 WKOK and online at WKOK.com. This is WKOK Sunrise. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Across from me is the woman who closed Route 11 last night, so you can thank her for that. <laughs> you sent out the notice, right? Uh, Maggie sent that one out, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I retired at 10 p.m., so. <laughs> okay, Maggie Baker, of course, does a lot of the community outreach up there. Uh, is, uh, as I said, Route 11 is closed, and specifically at Ridge Road, so we'll let folks know about that. But in our studio today, talking about safety and back-to-school topics, Kim Smith, a safety the press officer from Pendata District 3-0. So thanks for sticking around. Th- yeah, thank you. And Mike Deal is here. He's a community traffic safety coordinator with the Highway Safety Network. So lots of folks have seen him at a lot of functions around here. So, Mike, thanks for coming in. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's uh, dig into students riding their bicycle. In our first segment, we talked about motorists who are out there, whether or not they ha- have anything to do with any students or schools, but uh, they to be extra careful for those who do, and pedestrian safety, and that meant my primarily parents and students who are walking to school and then arriving at to school. Let's move on to bicycles. A lot of kids get to ride their bikes to school, so let's talk about that. Yeah, especially this time of year when it's still nice outside. So if you have a child that's riding a bike to school, you want to do some of the same things that we told you with pedestrian. We want them to wear bright colored clothing that helps the vehicle see them. If you live in an area that has sidewalks, children are allowed to ride their bikes on sidewalks, so encourage them to do that. But teach them things like looking out for traffic, especially if they're driving or riding their bike past a lot of driveways. Cars could be backing out of those driveways. They may not realize that. They might know to stop at intersections and look for cars, but they might not be thinking about driveways and parking lots and things like that. So it's important that you teach them all about traffic safety and bike safety. And it's also important to teach them that they are a vehicle when they're driving on the road, riding their bike on the road. They are a vehicle, so they must obey stop signs, red lights, yields, that sort of thing. And most bikes ride on the right side of the lane so that you can get by, but it's up to the motorist to to treat it like a car or to treat it like a vehicle and to only pass. You know, I just think of whizzing right by a bike sometimes, but uh, you guys are always here to tell us that you got to really, it's incumbent upon us motorists to be super safe. Yeah. um, If you're going to pass a bicyclist, you want to proceed in the same direction, but slow down a little bit as you're passing them and make sure to leave four feet between the car and the cyclist. Um, 
if you're going to be turning left and there's a bicyclist approaching in an opposite direction, wait for that rider to pass. Let them get past that intersection, then make your turn. Same thing if you're turning right. If there's a bicyclist approaching from behind you and you're about to make a right, let that rider go through that intersection first and then make your turn. And make sure to use your turn signals. Make sure that bicyclist knows you're looking to turn. And the uh, be aware of bicyclists out there. I always think of cars opening their car doors and a bicyclist is riding by. I think that's, of course, a, a real issue for a lot of folks. This four-foot law, or four-foot uh, guideline, that's a law, right? That's correct. That is a law. Um, motorists are required to leave four feet between a bicyclist and a vehicle when they are passing them. All right. So just to extra, be extra vigilant out there. Any other bike advisories? Well, I would add to the four-foot law that it is okay for you to cross the double yellow line to allow that four feet of space if it's safe for you to do that. If there is a car coming and it's not safe to do that, then you should remain behind the bicyclist until it is safe to clear that space. Okay. So it'll be just, bicycle would be just like any other slow-moving vehicle. You know, right. you have to slow down and, and wait for that. Yeah, I always uh, admire truckers. They're just so vigilant and safe, and for the most part, I guess, uh, trying to st give wide berth around any kind of trouble that might be on a road, you know, changing lanes when safe to do so, and staying away from trouble, I guess. Uh, and I, I would add that we want to remind parents that it is the law in Pennsylvania that a child under the age of 12 must wear a bicycle helmet when they're riding a bike, but really, no matter their age, it's the safe thing to do. So everybody should be wearing a bicycle helmet, even if they're just on a scooter or a skateboard, anything with wheels. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of bike helmets out there for at every age. We see a lot of bike helmets that aren't being worn properly. Uh, before we switch topics, we've got to mm -hmm. mention that you both will be at an event that's coming up where you'll be talking about bike safety. That's right. We're doing a bicycle rodeo. So not only do we teach children about bike safety, but they actually get to ride on a bicycle course, on a closed course. So it's safe for them to ride and they get to learn some new skills. But that's going to be at the Danville Middle School on September 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. and it's open to the public. And we're putting that on in conjunction with Geisinger and um, the Danville Police Department, Mahoning uh, Township Police Department, Riverside Police Department, and the Montour Sheriff's Department. All right. I remember you sent me that a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, oh, September 17th, don't worry about that. That's uh, off in the distant future. Well, that's less than three, week or three yeah. weeks away now, so it's yeah, right. Thursday the 16th. It's always right around the corner. All right, let's talk about school bus safety. Um, we'll talk about uh, the parents and kids who are interacting with school buses to, in order to get a kid to school first here. So talk about sure. that, please. So some tips that we have for our students when it comes to school buses that you want to walk and never run to the bus stop and never run to catch a bus after it pulls out. Uh, it's really easy to trip when you're running, and so we want you to walk. While you're waiting on the bus, stay away from traffic. You want to take at least five giant steps away from the roadway and wait there for the bus. That's a yeah, official uh, PennDOT term. Yes, five giant, giant steps. Giant steps. <laughs> <laughs> you want to walk at least 10 feet in front of the bus when you're crossing the street. Um, those bus drivers sit up really high, and it's hard for them to see a young child over the nose of the bus. So that's why a lot of them have the stop arms that come out. They keep the child out of that danger zone and out where the bus driver can see them. So we like to talk to the children about when we're doing school bus safety programs, um, if you can't see the driver's face, then they can't see you. So we have them kind of look up and, and see that, that driver's face. And then you never want to cross the street behind the bus. Sometimes they do back up. 
you want to wait until all traffic has stopped before stepping out onto the road. And then for children, you never want to put your head, your arms, your um, hands out the window of the bus. And if you drop an item, never stop and pick it up without getting permission from the bus driver first. It's really hard for them to see you. If they happen to be looking in their mirror at the time that you duck down, they don't know that you duck down. So it's really important that you get an adult to help you retrieve whatever item you dropped. Okay, if that uh, falls on the ground near the bus. Can you review the law briefly as it relates to this? Uh, Mike, I know we have some notes on that, so please. Uh, the school bus stopping law. Yeah, uh, the school bus stopping law requires motorists to stop at least 10 feet away from school buses that have red lights flashing and the stop arm extended. Motorists must also stop when they are behind a bus, meeting the bus, or approaching an intersection where a bus is stopped. Following or traveling alongside a school bus, um, all motorists must stop until the red lights have stopped flashing and the stop arm is withdrawn and all children have reached safety. Now, if we have physical barriers, such as grassy medians, guide rails, or concrete median barriers separating um, motorists from oncoming traffic from the bus, motorists in the opposing lanes may proceed without stopping, but that is only if there is a physical barrier. Um, if you're on Route 15 and you're coming down through and there's no physical barrier, you must stop even in those opposing two lanes. Just because it might be four lanes or three lanes at that section, you still got to stop. You're still on the same highway undivided. Correct. Only if there's that physical barrier do you not have to stop. Um, and never proceed until all children have reached a place of safety. Penalties for this are a uh, $250 fine if you violate these laws, five points on your driving record, and a 60-day license suspension. Okay, so uh, anything to elaborate on that? I mean, parents, not parents, motorists, I would say, uh, I, I live near an intersection where a school bus stops regularly in Northumberland, and every afternoon you hear that bus's horn going. Somebody's trying to go through the intersection right, at that so time. Right, so dangerous. So we want to remind everybody that if you're in, in doubt of whether or not you should stop, uh, if the you know the bus is perpendicular to you at a stop sign, something like that, just stop. It's we're talking about children's lives, so it's not worth the extra seconds that you may save. Be especially vigilant of young children getting on and off the bus. They don't always. Um, make the, the best choices when it comes to traffic safety, and so it's really up to that motorist to be paying attention to what those children are doing. Never pass a bus on the right when it is unloading children. We've seen horrible videos of that where children are stepping off the bus as a car whizzes right by them. It's so scary. So really, uh, you know, just be hypervigilant. Those buses are large and yellow. They're not, um, they're not easy to miss. So, if, you know, when you see that yellow bus, just be extra vigilant. Seems like a strange scenario where stopping or passing on the right would be even feasible, but certainly the bus driver and students would never expect anyone to be passing right. on the right under any circumstances. So maybe that uh, contributed to uh, whatever incident uh, you you saw there. So there are fines and points on your driving record. That, that's the best way to get a quick five points on your driving record is pass a school bus illegally, and it uh, it does happen. We do, you know you think oh my gosh, well nobody would do that today, but I'm glad you guys are back out uh, doing the the outreach that relates to this. Okay, we'll summarize. We'll get you both. We have a moment left, so we, we, we can go through this uh, slowly enough. Summarize what we've learned today, Mike, this idea that uh, 
uh, back to school really requires ultra vigilance in so many different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, doesn't matter whether you're walking to school, riding your bike to school, if you're a motorist sharing the road with uh, school buses, pedestrians, or bicyclists, be vigilant. Know your surroundings. Make sure that you're paying attention. Heads up, phones down. Oh, yeah, I like that. Heads up, phones down. Well mm-hmm. said. Please. And one of the things that we didn't touch on today were, were seatbelts in a car if you are driving your children to school. So make sure that even if it's a very short distance, they're going to be hopping out of the car. Make sure that they are buckled up. We hear from teachers all the time about, you know, watching, uh, helping kids get out of the cars and parents don't have them buckled up. Really scary. Anything can happen. So please make sure everybody in the vehicle is buckled up at all times. Yeah, boy, I remember that when I was a kid. (laughs) Just going literally a block to the store, everybody's buckled up and dad's looking around (laughs) in the station wagon to see everybody's kind of tethered in there to, to do that. Okay, Well, thank you both so much for all you're doing. Uh, We will see you at the uh, bus rodeo, or the bike rodeo, that is September 16th at the Danville Middle School, 5 to 7 p.m. And you both will be at a number of activities uh, coming up. So uh, there are, uh, we've seen you at Senior Action Center, schools, National Night Out, safety functions, and so on. So keep bringing that message and follow these folks on social media, folks. That's a good good idea. Mike Dio, Community Traffic Safety Coordinator of the Highway Safety Network. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And Kim Smith, a safety press officer with PennDOT District 3.0. Thank you so much for coming in. Yes, thank you for having us.